feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, is the dam about to burst in the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden story? And this is a bombshell when it broke just a few hours ago. Take a listen. This is Rich Edson on Fox News breaking the story. This is extraordinary. Congress now subpoenaing the FBI, saying that they have a document potentially from a whistleblower who saw it. So there's already somebody coming forward saying, we saw this information. You would take it that it's probably somebody within the FBI who is actually saying they physically saw the document. And now Congress, via James Comer and on the Senate side, Senator Chuck Grassley, those are the two sort of investigative bodies on oversight, saying, we got to get to the bottom of this. Is there a document that, according to this whistleblower, shows that then Vice President Joe Biden was involved in some scheme that ties to a national, a foreign national, and basically getting money in exchange for changing policy? That is basically what has been the root of all these allegations surrounding Hunter Biden and chasing the money trail. And what makes this so extraordinary is this is apparently, according to Congress, a credible whistleblower who has come forward and says there is a document that shows a money trail and the FBI is aware of it. And you will see that President, then Vice President Joe Biden, changed policy as a result of it. I say to you, if this exists, this is the end of his presidency. This is the beginning of impeachment proceedings. This is the beginning of a lot of different things. Again, it's an if because we have not seen the document. But they claim that there is a whistleblower who can prove that the Bidens were involved in basically a bribery scandal. And this would be extremely serious if indeed something significant policy was changed and there's a direct document and correlation to it. And if indeed he received money or his family received money in exchange for him changing policy that would personally benefit him but not benefit the United States, that would be something extraordinary. And Also, this comes at a time where President Biden, you look at right now, right now, his poll numbers are in the tank. He has 37 percent approval rating. It is one of the lowest in American history. And now with this document that could be there, if indeed there is a document that shows it, and if indeed it has been sitting there at the FBI, that's a whole other issue, too, because if it's been actually sitting there at the FBI and the FBI was aware that this document existed, why has it not come out before? Why has it not been discussed before? Why have they not said there's something here that needs to be investigated? Have they been burying it, so it seems, all this time? So there's a lot of layers of malfeasance if indeed this document exists. What are your thoughts about this and the timing of all of this? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here's Rich Edson on Fox News breaking the story just a few hours ago. 
House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer says that he's issued a subpoena to the FBI in a letter that he and Senator Chuck Grassley have sent to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Chris Wray. They write that a, quote, highly credible whistleblower says the Justice Department and FBI have a form that, quote, describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-President Biden and a former national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. It's been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. Now, Comer and Grassley provide no information on the identity of the whistleblower, what specifically they're alleging. In short, it's a subpoena for a document that an unidentified whistleblower says exists and shows illegal activity. It is unclear yet how the Justice Department will respond. So who do you think is the whistleblower? Do you believe it's probably a senior official at the FBI? Because why else would they say there's a specific document that is out there? Why would they conclude that? To me, it seems pretty clear that there has to be a direct document that someone has physically seen. Why else would they know that there is such a document? And they clearly, I would hope, if they're going to come out there, Congress, and say, we're going to, you know, subpoena the FBI. That's an extraordinary move in American history, basically alleging you, FBI, are sitting on a document that shows malfeasance and criminal activity by the now president of the United States tied to his family. Uh, You better not be on a wild goose chase. So I would tend to think that the individual is a credible individual, that he is somebody who has been there at the FBI probably for a long period of time, that it is probably somebody significant. And they also clearly feel that the FBI is basically protecting the big guy, if you will, because why else have they not reported this? Why else did this not come to Congress, who is clearly investigating these kind of allegations? And if there's something in there in writing by the FBI that says, here is how, as you heard, the scheme went down. Here was the plan. Here is how it was laid out. And here is how it actually came to conclusion. Here was the purpose of it. And here's the money trail. This could be damning to this president. And, of course, an extraordinary cover-up by the FBI at the highest levels. This is huge development, and this, again, just broke a few hours ago. Take a listen. This is Senator Chuck Grassley, who, again, knows, is aware at least of the whistleblower. He's not telling us who the whistleblower is, but it is clearly an FBI, former FBI whistleblower, or potentially somebody who's still working there even, who's getting whistleblower protection from Congress. And this is what he says about that file that he says exposes all. We really need to know what steps did the Justice Department and FBI take to investigate and to vet the document uh, to determine if it's accurate or not. And did the Justice Department and the FBI follow normal investigative procedures or did they let political calculations interfere? And just for the record, I've known Chuck Grassley probably 20, 25 years. He is one of these people who has a reputation of being careful when he goes out on something like this. For this historic move of the Congress actually subpoenaing the FBI saying, you're hiding a document that could show a major financial cover-up by the President of the United States. Well, 
I tend to believe that there's something very substantive here, and at least the whistleblower is someone substantive. Congress apparently hasn't seen the document. The whistleblower is alleging there is a document that the FBI has. So, again, he hasn't seen it. But I would at least believe, knowing Chuck Grassley, uh, that it's probably somebody pretty credible. It's probably somebody who clearly he is vetted. He is aware that the person is somebody of integrity and not some nut job or not somebody who flew off the coop from the FBI, Uh, somebody who has high credibility because he would not put himself on a limb like this, nor would I believe that James Comer would. Uh, But Chuck Grassley is somebody who's always known as kind of measured, and he came out guns blazing today saying we have to get this document. So he clearly believes that at least this whistleblower is credible. And what he's saying sure sounds credible, at least to Senator Chuck Grassley. Here's a little bit more because he said the bottom line is to get the paper trail. And if they get a paper trail that shows this president did a certain policy because of a payoff deal and there was a goal to it, there was money received, there were favors that were done, he's done. I am telling you right now, it is impeachment time, if indeed this is true. Again, it's a big if, guys, but if it is true, this would be a very sad day in the American presidency that an American president would do some sort of policy decision and that the FBI would cover up for a president for political reasons. There are so many layers to this. Here's a little bit more of Senator Chuck Grassley. I want answers, and so does America. It's my job to make sure they do cooperate because of the constitutional responsibility of oversight on the part of Congress to make sure that the executive branch of government, Republican or Democrat, and it doesn't matter to me whether it's Republican or Democrat, uh, that they uh, enforce the law as the Constitution requires to uh, equitably enforce the law. Their credibility is on the line. Their credibility is on the line, and America is on the line. Uh, You can't have an American president or anybody who is in a senior position, let alone the leader of the free world, selling some sort of policy decision for money. And you would bet that it is probably some sort of rogue leader if it's tied to Hunter. We don't know. Uh, But if indeed it is tied to one of these Hunter deals, Uh, It's probably some kooky person or some rogue leader in China or Russia or something else or somebody working vis-a-vis somebody like this, one of the rogue leaders. So, boy, is there a lot to explore here. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to J.C. in Pennsylvania, Line 7. J.C., your thoughts? When the the domino, first domino falls, they're all going to collapse. Think of it this way. There's a cat. There's a, a, a ball of yarn. The cat's scratching that ball of yarn. First, it takes a, a while for that cat to untangle that first little bit of that ball of yarn. But when she's done, that ball starts unraveling like, like the, the world is not going to end. So that's what's going to happen. You're going to see the whistleblower is going to come out that if they don't get to him first. Okay, that's what we got to keep our cause uh, of hearts and hope today that doesn't happen that they get to them and, and take them out because they will take them out. Okay, so I mean, this is really deep corrupt, but what it is true if they're gonna if they find it and they could expose it, he's done, he's done. Simple as that, 
He's done. Harris is done. They're all done. It's all going to happen. All these people are good. And nobody's going to know what's going to happen. Nobody's going to know what happened. It's going to hit everybody like a ton of bricks. And by the way, JC, your analogy also, like sort of the yarn, is a good one because, you know, they've been, we've been hearing these allegations for a long time. And I always want to be fair to all sides that, um, you know, obviously the money trail, I think, opened the door to more validity to it, that Comer has been looking at all this money stuff tied to Hunter Biden. He's gotten some interesting things about offshore accounts and shell companies. That looks fishy. And that it was going to anywhere from eight to 12 Biden family members. Huge money. What was that about? I mean, obviously, the president has lied at a minimum to say that he didn't know the business partners. He's there in pictures with the business partners playing golf with him and his son. And for him to say he never talked with his son about business, it's inconceivable. He said he never met the business partners. There he is in the pictures. So there's a lot of questions. But then to when you see the dots and you see the financial records, that raises a a big thing. But if there is a document, and that's why I've always said if, because until we see it, let's, let's see where it goes. But if there is a document that actually shows here is the deal, then they show that money came in. And that it was obviously a very questionable policy, and it was something uh, that was clearly uh, a pay-for-play um, in the worst sense of the word when you're dealing with something as high-level as the presidency of the United States. At that point, he was vice president, they're saying, when this instance happened. So uh, at that time, he was dealing with a lot of major foreign policy stuff, J.C., for Obama. Remember, he was in charge of Ukraine. He was in charge of so many of the foreign policies things going over to China. I mean, he was doing some big, big stuff with a lot of these rogue leaders. And the issue, too, he was brought on the ticket. Remember, J.C., he was brought on the ticket to be sort of stability at the time to a very young guy named Barack Obama, who didn't really have a lot of foreign policy experience. So part of the reason they brought Joe Biden in was, oh, there's a sense of he knows everybody. There's a sense of measure. There's a sense of intellect. There's a sense of experience. That was the whole thing. He's the guy who knows foreign policy really well, which was clearly a vacuum for Obama. And if he was ending up doing these pay-for-play This is around the same time where a lot of the Burisma stuff happened. That's questionable. A lot of the money from the mayor of Moscow's wife, that's questionable. Uh, A lot of Chinese stuff, that's questionable. So I'm just, boy, if it turns out to be any figure, it could be somebody else. It does not look good. And if there is a document, he's over and there will be firings big time at the FBI. Uh, This is big stuff. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So we know that Hunter Biden received over $31 million, apparently, according to Peter Schweitzer and others, flowing to him through business associates and others, and that a lot of the money ended up apparently to other family members. And also there was one account, remember, that basically said Biden. It didn't say which Biden. They wouldn't even say what bank. So there's some really questionable things that are coming around regarding all of the funding. 
And now with this big bombshell allegation, we're also hearing word that they are closing in on Hunter Biden. There are reports tonight that charges are imminent against the young son, the first son of, of course, uh, you know, President Biden. And when you look at everything now, um, they're looking at not necessarily any significant charge. Uh, There are reports tonight that potentially they're looking at two misdemeanors, a felony, and also a false statement charge, basically lying on the gun form when he applied for the gun and not admitting that he was indeed uh, a drug addict, that he had drug issues. So maybe they're just trying to skirt around that. Um, And that could be also maybe why some of these whistleblowers are coming forward. Maybe some of these whistleblowers are saying, look, we know there's a money trail. We know there's this. Uh, They believe that there's a cover up. And now if indeed this document exists and if it still exists at the FBI, if they didn't get rid of it. uh, But if they still have that document that clearly says blank, 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 there was a quid pro quo, according to this whistleblower, this is bad news for the current president of the United States. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Christine, line four. Christine, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Thanks. Uh, my God, this is, uh, it reeks of treason and corruption, and it can lead all the way back to the Obama administration from a president who said he wanted to transform America. And if they find documentation with credible witnesses, this is going to be bigger and worse than Watergate. You know what? I actually agree. If it turns out uh, that this document exists, you're right. It is treasonous. Um, And it is um, much bigger, I agree with you, than Watergate. I think it's so significant. And it's such a deception of America. And it also depends. We don't know. You know, we're just getting news of this, Christine, in the last few hours. So we don't know. Um, you know, who it involves. We don't know the party yet um, of where this alleged document, uh, you know, ties to. Was it somebody in Russia? Could it be China? Could that be why he's so weak on China? You know, I mean, he's weak on Russia, too. I mean, he is, he is you know, uh, obviously helping with weapons, you know, for Ukraine, certainly, and fighting against Russia. But he basically gave the green line. So, well, if there's a minor incursion, so what if it was something tied to Russia? What if it was something tied to China? He hasn't gone after China for anything with fentanyl, hasn't gone anything after anything tied to the coronavirus, the spy balloon. The list goes on and on. That is treasonous. You are absolutely correct, Christine. If we can prove it, if there is a document, do you believe it's the end of his presidency? Absolutely. And it might be the beginning of a rebirth of our of our sovereign nation state of our our, our democracy. Yeah, really, really sad. You know, I, I agree with you because it would be a sad thing if it turns out the president of the United States had some sort of role with this. Uh, this allegation is extremely serious. Let's go to Dom. Line seven. Dom, your thoughts. You know, Rita, the FBI has been corrupt since J. Edgar Hoover. He had dossiers on every senator, congressman, even some presidents. And mind you, these were not fake dossiers like we have now. They were real dossiers. So I don't think the FBI has reformed enough to make a difference. That's the problem we're having. And Trump kind of caught that and saying, you know what, they spied on me. And they were ridiculing him. And, you know, remember VP Biden, Vice President Biden, saying to Ukraine, 
fire that guy or not. You're not going to get a billion dollars. Yeah, and then and then and then, then S O B. He yeah. boy, he fired him. You know. Yeah, and I think Democrats brazenly declare what they intend to do once they get power, but we never seem to pay attention and understand that they mean what they say in every bad way that you can imagine. Unfortunately, we don't pay attention. So a lot of low information voters, that's what they want the border flooded with. They want people that don't have any thought process, independent thinking. But it's so important that we have it. And by the way, these allegations absolutely need to be looked into. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. Dom, thank you. The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents... Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here, honoring our great law enforcement and their families, a powerful story coming from Bowling Green, Ohio, where a police officer was presented with a meritorious service award this week for saving a man who was choking on a bone in a fish sandwich. Now, it happened uh, last month. When a man, a 73-year-old man, locally from Bowling Green, Ohio, was sitting in the parking lot when he started choking on the sandwich. An emergency call was placed requesting the help, and Officer Mike Guyman arrived on the scene to find the man sitting in the driver's seat of the car choking. Others had already tried to help him, describing efforts of girls who were screaming, hitting him on the back, but nothing worked until Guyman arrived on the scene and immediately pulled the man from the vehicle and performed the Heimlich maneuver on him. And after three tries, the food was dislodged. The man said that he was very close to passing out from lack of oxygen and said, if the officer had not been there, I definitely would have died. He surely saved my life. And he said, I am looking forward to meeting him, just shaking his hand and pouting his back and thanking him for saving me and undoubtedly probably so many others. What a beautiful story and an important story of even something as simple as that, uh, of eating a fish sandwich could obviously turn into a very dangerous situation. And luckily this officer came to the scene and knew how to save the man. And the man is said to be doing okay. And the officer, uh, understandably, was given the Meritorious Service Award this week. Well, we are talking, of course, about this bombshell report that now a subpoena has been issued to the FBI and that the House, because the House is run by Republicans. Chuck Grassley is also very involved in the Senator Chuck Grassley. But remember, in the Senate, it is still Democratic controlled. So they don't have the subpoena power. But in the House, they have subpoena power because the Republicans control the House. So Comer issued the subpoena basically on behalf of Grassley and Comer and sent it to the FBI saying that they believe, per a whistleblower who is still remaining anonymous, that he has information and has seen essentially a document that there's a document that exists at the FBI showing that there was some untoward activity of pay-for-play involving, quote, an alleged criminal scheme involving then-President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. That is a very serious allegation, basically saying 
that there's a document that shows criminal activity by the sitting president of the United States. That is a stunner. And here is Rich Edson on Fox News talking about the files that now have been subpoenaed. What these two Republicans are alleging is that there is a document that exists, and they've gotten that information, they say, from a whistleblower, an unidentified whistleblower, and that the document exists within the Department of Justice and the FBI showing an illegal scheme uh, allegedly involving the vice president, and that they are requesting that information now officially with a subpoena from the FBI and Justice Department. But uh, these Republicans have not seen that document uh, and they have just sent the subpoena request because a whistleblower told them it exists within the FBI. That's where we are right now with this. And this comes as James Comer also talks about the subpoena, but he also talks that Hunter has not told the full story, which makes you wonder, uh, is it tied to one of Hunter's deals with China, with Russia, with a lot of these rogue officials? And again, these people are not our friends right now. They are definitely our adversaries on so many different levels. Think about what's been happening with China. Think about what's been happening with Russia. Uh, some of these other places that are certainly questionable. And listen to James Comer, a congressman. He's head of the Oversight Committee. He is the guy who issued the subpoena. Here he is earlier today. Uh, I think you're going to see very soon a lot of the things that uh, Hunter Biden has, has claimed with respect to divesting uh, interest in, in some of these uh, business interests he had with, with China and, and some of the uh, schemes he had with China where he said he never got any money. I think you're going to see very soon that uh, Hunter hasn't been been truthful. So I'm going to see I'm, – I'm anxious to see what the, what the income level is since – Joe Biden's been president because, you know, what the, what the Democrats and their, their friends in the media try to claim is, well, none of this money happened while, while Joe Biden was, was president or vice president, which, Brian, is not true, and we'll, you'll stay tuned for that. But that's the, that's the talking point that the White House gives the, the media and, uh, and, their, and their defenders in, in Congress. But uh, you can't argue over the last two years since he's become an artist, since Biden's been president, that uh, there's there's a lot of fishy business going, you know, taking place with just his artwork alone, much less whether or not he's still getting payments from China. So could it be China related? Now, by the way, in the letter uh, to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray, Congressman Comer and the Senate Budget Committee ranking member Chuck Grassley wrote, quote, we have received legally protected and highly credible unclassified whistleblower disclosures. That is stunning. Highly credible unclassified whistleblower disclosures. So that means they believe that this individual is either someone of extreme high stature, current or former FBI, or also that they have some corroborating evidence, and this may just be a double confirmation. This is extremely serious when you're talking about the president of the United States. And again, it comes on the heels of all the stuff that we've seen with Hunter of late. My goodness, uh, Hunter and his Parmesan cheese and everything else. Tell me that guy is not a walking compromise. Just look at him. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Steve, line two. Steve, your thoughts about this. 
Yeah, using the magic word, if it turns out to be true, then from here on in, I'm going to refer to the organization as the FBI. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, that's good. By the way, if it, you're right. If it turns out that it's true, boy, this will be one of the saddest days in FBI history that it's been sitting there. And I, I wonder, Steve, you know, a lot of times these whistleblowers that come forward, whether they're there or former FBI officials, that maybe they see the FBI, they know the FBI is sitting on something, if that turns out to be the case. I say if, but if well, it turns out uh, it's the case, I, I bet you it will be a sad day in FBI history. To your point, it will be an, an I, 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 you know? What's furthermore, I, I agree with what you said about the, the likely first whistleblower. Whistleblowers can be like roaches. If, there's, if you see one, there are dozens and dozens of them that want a chance out. But the thing is, if it's one person at an upper middle level, there's probably a lot of lower agents that need a leader to say it's okay to stand up. And the upper level person is braving his neck or her neck to to do this. The higher ups may get fired and maybe just the balance of power toward honor will tip toward the whistleblower. That person could become the head of the FBI and all the lower people that stand up and courageously follow the leader can then rise within the FBI, which is a cleansing device. That's an interesting thing. You're right. It could end up like that he becomes elevated, he or she uh, becomes elevated. And you're right. Who knows? I mean, if, if indeed they are correct and they've spoken out and their documents to back it up, uh, I agree with you. That person uh, should be hailed as a hero because that's a lot of sacrifice, uh, you know, for them to come forward. And at some point, we don't know who that individual is now, but I'm sure we will undoubtedly learn that person. And at, they obviously would have to testify probably before Congress. There are so many issues surrounding that. And think about the guts of that individual. And I think they should. Uh, that's the kind of person you want to be heading an agency, Steve. That's a great, great point because that's clearly somebody of integrity and somebody who says, I just can't take it anymore. Thank you so much, Steve. Let's go to Phil. Phil, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. Good evening. Uh, very interesting event. I think that, however, this might turn into something that might be the, uh, that might be Grassley's uh, Waterloo because I, I, I know for a fact that the FBI is corrupt. Nobody has to teach me that. Uh, the Department of Defense and, and other agencies are pretty much the same thing. I, this is over a forty-year experience. But that, but Phil, Phil, the- and Phil, I and I'll, I'll, I'll get you. I'll give you some time to respond to this. I hear what you're saying. That obviously there's been some issues with FBI agents. Um, I mean, we certainly know there's been some politicization of them, politicization at DOJ. Um, and this, but this takes it to a whole other level. That's one. And it also involves the president of the United States. So to me, this is extremely serious. If this is true, not just for the repercussions within the FBI and DOJ, but obviously very much for the future of this president. Um, I, I think this is damning. If indeed it's true, if there is a document uh, that shows and a deep connection and that they're aware of it and there's proof that connects it. Um, and, and we'll see how firm. But if there's something extremely significant, this is a bombshell. Go ahead. I, I would stake my left arm on this, since I'm left-handed, uh, that I can guarantee you, from my experience that I've seen with the DOD, the the Army, and with the FBI and other agencies, they they came up with a clever idea 
come up with somebody, paint them up like, paint them up, make them up like a whistleblower, let them go, let them tease the house, let the house say, oh, well, Grassley, go get them. Grassley goes, get, goes and gets them, and they find out there ain't no document, and they've been, they've been told a whopping great lie by someone who disappears back into the agency, and you'll never hear from them. The FBI is Oh, uh, that's interesting. So, Phil, you see, so you're believing maybe it's like a setup. Is that what you're thinking? It's it's a setup to pull everything down about Biden, get it off the airwaves, get it off the Internet. And if it shows that that this is all a fabrication, they need to they smear Trump. They smeared everybody. Now they're going after the House of Reps. They want to take these representatives and Congress people down and make them look like they're conspiracy theorists. This is what they do. I went through this with the United States Army. I was made a complete and utter ass fool of. If it wasn't for a two-star general, I would have been put away for 10 years. Okay, my point is the FBI will not change its stripes. This is their plan. This is a Trojan horse. It's a, it's a game. They're going to they're gonna discredit this, this, this thing. They're going to make Grassley look like an idiot, that there's no such document. We have nothing. So what are you going to do with that? At that point, you stand there and say, gee, Oh, and then they're going to have a fodder. They'll have fodder to go after the House of Reps. Oh, the House of Reps is coming up with these imaginary people who are whistleblowers just to detract from what we're doing to Trump. That's an an interesting point, Phil. That's an interesting point that this could all be one big uh, sort of, as you're saying, like a ruse. And to discredit the investigation, it's sort of like this trick Almost I go back to the sort of the fake letter with the 51 uh, intel agents, the real letter, but with uh, fake allegations because it turned out there were no markings of Russian disinformation in it. Uh, it's a very complex setup scheme. And you, you never know. Put it this way. You know, you, you very well may be right. And you have some great experience, obviously, in the military. Uh, Phil, thank you. That is a fascinating premise. John, uh, do you think it's real or could it be a setup? Your thoughts, John? Well, considering uh, we have the top officials, I can tell you this much. With the stuff that's shown off the laptop and what the president has been, uh, let's put it this way, his his mind is cloudy and he says nothing ever happened. But when you see photos of all of uh, Hunter's uh, associates with the president in a golf, golf game or at a restaurant, do me a favor. Don't don't lie to the people of the United States. Biden is corrupt 100%. It's just trying to get this out there. And, uh, I mean, it might, it might take a toll on the United States, but you know what? If Biden goes, you still have Kamala, and you, you have to fight Putin, Kamish, Xi, and Iran. So, you know what? Maybe Kamala should step up and say, Joe, you are a dirty president. Get out and let her take over if she has to. But if he's dirty, he's got to go with the rest of the Justice Department. I, all by dirty. the way, I, John, I 1,000% agree that if he is dirty, uh, you got to clean house. You can't have a compromised president because if it indeed turns out that that's the case, uh, who's to say that there's not even more of it? One case is enough, and there are probably more if indeed somebody does that. Uh, I tend to think it's not a, an isolated incident if they find it again. Uh, we'll see. But it, it would certainly show that he would be extremely compromised and doesn't deserve 
to hold the highest office in the land, if indeed that's the case. Let's go to Mike, Lower East Side. Go ahead, Mike, your thoughts. I don't, Rita. Uh, the only way I believe that the FBI is not throwing Biden under the bus is to reinstate Trump once this is done. Because if they're just throwing Biden under the bus to clean their hands and put Kamala Harrison, it's a lot. They're just they're just uh, washing their hands with Biden, and they want another six years of uh, skate free, uh, no trouble. You know, the only way I believe it. Put Trump in, reinstate his presidency, then I'll believe it. Other well, than that, well, and you know, by the way, Bob, and Mike, you know this, they're never going to do that. Um, and even so far, you just see how even like the fact that they don't even seem to want to investigate the Bidens. And remember, Republicans have only been in charge of one branch, you know, uh, one house, even one of the chambers. It's the House of Representatives. They don't even have both chambers. They don't have the Senate. And they've only been in charge of the House now. You know, it's been, you know, a few months only, not a lot of time. Um, so it takes a long time to get into this stuff. But if indeed they have the documents, um, I don't see them reinstating. Uh, but I certainly see a procedure towards impeachment happening if that is the case. It would take a while. But I think if that were the case, I think you could pretty much say there will not be a second term of Joe Biden. Uh, no way if that were to happen. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. In the next hour, we are going to talk about the fact that the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, name sound familiar? Well, he is investigating after the crazy homeless man on the New York City subway died from the Marines chokehold. This is the story of the guy who went crazy, remember, on the New York subway, the F train, and was threatening people and a whole bunch more. And this Marine who happened to be there took the guy down, put him in a chokehold. And basically now they are saying that it's been determined that he died from homicide, um, that it wasn't some sort of, you know, medical condition or something that he had. They're determining he died from compression of the neck. And the district attorney is considering filing charges against the Marine. Now, this guy, many people are saying is a hero. Because the guy was disrupting people on the subway, threatening them, uh, making people feel nervous, uh, you know, saying he was going to do some crazy things. And people were very nervous. So the guy took him down, was holding him, and the guy was still flailing around. You could see it on the video. So is it fair that any charges go up against this Marine? Uh, What are your thoughts? Do you think there should be any charges? I don't think so. I think it's a complex, obviously. I feel bad that somebody lost their life. I feel bad when somebody has a history of mental illness. Uh, On the other hand, this guy had 44 prior arrests and was threatening people. And it doesn't seem like the Marines' intent by any means was to kill the guy. He was just trying to subdue him uh, because he was wreaking havoc on the subway. And we're going to talk about that after the break. Also, San Francisco, huge businesses. Nordstrom is now closing two stores in downtown San Fran. Because the crime is so bad and so out of control that they just don't want to do business there anymore. Is this a sign of the times? And is this why people like the Marine 
are taking action to protect others, including themselves. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we're talking about the crime that could potentially include the president of the United States. We know that Congress has subpoenaed documents and they say that they have a, quote, credible whistleblower who said that there is a document that shows a pay-for-play scheme, basically then-Vice President Biden getting money, changing policy, U.S. government policy, as a result of some financial incentive that he got. And it's all laid out in black and white, according to a whistleblower. If this document exists, do you agree with me that this would be the beginning of impeachment proceedings? And indeed, it would be warranted if indeed it exists. And it's clear and it is all laid out. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry. Line one. Go ahead, Larry. Yeah, Rita, let me ask you a question. Why would they let a document, why would the FBI let a document like that exist if they were not going to actively uh, pursue an investigation? I think you know Uh, why. I, I know why, but you tell me why. Um, why would they let it exist? Yeah, maybe, maybe, just maybe to cover themselves. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why because it implicates themselves. Well, it could be two reasons. It could be, which is why I even said, by the way, Lara, I'm not sure if it still exists. To your point, exactly, it may not exist anymore. That's one. Uh, two is that sometimes you know they collect information, have it on file, and don't necessarily do anything about it, but kind of keep a a, a little uh, a folder there. Uh, sitting there by the side. So there could be a lot of reasons why it's there. But it very well, if it did exist, maybe it doesn't any longer exist. And by the way, just because something is subpoenaed, it's not to say something suddenly gets lost. Uh, I would hope that's not the case. I would hope if it does exist, they do the right thing and hand it in. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons, Lair. And and let me just ask you, Lair, we have a few seconds. If it does exist, what do you think should happen? If it does exist, it's not going to exist for long. I'll tell you that right now, because you said no American president. Well, guess what? This is not an American president, because this is no longer America. Oh, boy, what a heartbreaking thing to hear, Larry, because if this is this that we believe, you're right. It is so disheartening about justice and also the presidency. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to continue your calls also about what could be a crime coming from the Oval Office, the FBI getting subpoenaed for a document that a whistleblower basically says a pay-for-play scheme uh, tied to rogue individuals coming from a foreign national, again, somebody outside of the United States, doing a deal, and then Vice President Biden accepting some sort of value, i.e. money or something for his family, and making a decision. That is a bombshell. And, of course, 
crime also on the streets of America. It is skyrocketing. Uh, now, two Nordstrom stores have said they're just pulling out of San Francisco uh, in downtown San Francisco. What well, was once a beautiful place. I love San Francisco. I had spent a lot of time there just visiting and used to work in California years ago. And it's such a great city. And now there is so much homeless. There is so much crime. They also have a mayor who at one point talked about defunding the police. And now it is a disaster to the point where major retailers are pulling out left and right out of downtown San Francisco because they said it's just too dangerous and too risky. Here is attorney Rebecca Rose Woodland just talking about crime in America, especially with blue city leaders. Take a listen. We want safety, as I said before. We want safety. Every American citizen wants to feel they can walk down the street. These homeless people need help. We need policies for them, but not allow them to just run free. This woman is ill. She obviously has an addiction. We have other criminals who are on the street. These criminals have to be rounded up and brought to prosecution. When you don't have prosecutors doing their jobs, this is what we're finding. High crime, stores, nice businesses going out of business. Not They can't even possibly make any money in places where every day there are heavy shoplifters and these cartels and gangs of shoplifters. It's not a feasible Mm. way to live. And speaking of a difficult way to live, people who take the subways, including in New York City, know how downright scary it is. Uh, It's just scary. It's been scary for a long time. And after COVID, uh, it has gotten a lot worse Uh, During COVID, there was barely anybody there, but it is just creepy. And there are more officers around, but not enough. And case in point, what happened on Monday, this has been getting a lot of headlines. And there's some big developments tonight in this particular case. Now, just a few hours ago, New York's office of the chief medical examiner has ruled that the homeless man who was basically ranting and screaming and threatening other passengers on the F train on Monday in the middle of the day and then was taken down, remember, by, quote, a good Samaritan. It was this guy who's a Marine, a Marine veteran, a 24-year-old Marine veteran, took him down, put him in a chokehold, and the guy died soon afterwards. And Well, it has just been determined just a little bit ago that now his death, the homeless man's death, has been ruled a homicide. And meaning that it was basically dying from compression of the neck. So the question tonight, and I want to hear your thoughts, uh, there is a good chance that now this guy could be charged. This good Samaritan guy who was trying to take down the guy who was ranting and raving on the subway, scaring people on the subway. And now he indeed could face criminal charges. Maybe it could be like manslaughter something pretty serious. And by the way, let's not forget, the DA is Alvin Bragg. So given the DA is Alvin Bragg, uh, I hate to say it, I think there's going to be some serious charges coming against this guy. Uh, Sadly, there are people also talking about race. The homeless man is an African-American guy. The Marine is a Caucasian. Um, He basically felt that he needed to take the guy down, and he was still flailing even after he caught him. And there are reports that people on the train said 
that they just thought he had passed out. They they didn't think that he had died or anything like that, that he was at risk of dying. They thought the guy was doing a good job of kind of holding him down so he wouldn't terrorize other passengers. And it turns out that, indeed, that compression on the neck has now been deemed as the cause of the homeless guy's death. So now Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg is investigating whether or not the death of the homeless man who has a long rap sheet if there should be charges now facing this Marine. What are your thoughts and what do you think is going to happen? Because Alvin Bragg clearly has a history. All I can think about is Jose Alba. Remember the video of Jose Alba defending himself? And the guy hopped around the counter. There was surveillance video, the whole to-do. And he still ended up charging the guy with murder, remember? And he had to actually, like, go to Rikers. And it wasn't until there was this big public outcry that he finally decided to drop the charges against the guy. And Jose Alba was so scarred, he fled the country. Remember, he just testified recently, was there with his attorney right there before the Congressional Committee investigating Alvin Bragg. Well, take a listen. This is, again, the NYPD chief of detectives, Robert Boyce, basically talking about the history, the criminal history of the homeless guy who was ranting and raving on the train. This particular individual who passed, 30 years old, had 44 prior arrests and was on the subway recidivist list. And then there's one question that the chief of police had, and this is really what it's going to come down to in terms of charges or no charges. Take a listen. Key here now is the Emmys report. How long was was the actual hold? Was the neck compression? That's going to be. Was he screaming, let me go, let me go? All these things will go into that determination. That is going to be an important thing. Was he saying, I can't breathe? Uh, like, remember, Eric Garner was saying when the cop grabbed him. And, of course, that was a big issue because those chokeholds, especially by the police, have been deemed, you know, to be over the top. And remember Eric Garner, who had the cigarettes, he was just selling, you know, you know, uh, confiscated cigarettes, counterfeit cigarettes. Uh, and then he said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. We don't know at this point yet if indeed this guy was calling out and saying, hey, I need help. Um, was there any sort of medical history that he had? And again, we also need to hear from more people on the train. A lot of people on the train say that they felt threatened by the guy. He was screaming. He was threatening them. He was getting in their face. He was dropping his clothes to the ground. He was doing a number of things. Uh, you know, his arms, his, his hands were shouting. He was pointing at people, harassing people. And, Then there are others who said that he was complaining about being thirsty and hungry and shouting in that manner and saying, I'm hungry, I'm shouting. Sometimes that could also be scary in and of themselves, even if he's saying, I'm just thirsty, but he's screaming at you in your face. You don't know, is the guy going to pull out a gun or is he going to lunge for me? What is he going to do? Now, there are also reports that this guy was behind him. So did he feel threatened or was he just trying to protect other passengers? There's a lot of stuff to this case, and I want to hear your thoughts If this guy should be charged with something, I have really mixed emotions about this because clearly um, it's sad that this guy lost his life and clearly has emotional issues. But he also clearly has a track record of being violent, 44 priors, and people that were on the train said they were scared and that he was threatening them and getting in their face. And who's to say that maybe those threats weren't going to happen to do something else next? If this guy didn't take him down. So there are so many questions here tonight. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Is the Marine uh, a killer? Is he a hero? 
What do you think? Uh, is he a good guy? I think he was obviously clearly trying to be a good guy. He's fed up. Anybody who's been on the subways who sees people getting harassed and attacked and suddenly somebody, you know, pulling out a knife or a gun or something like that, you just don't know. Uh, what if the guy did have some weapon or what if he like, you know, smashed somebody in the face or did something? Then it's too late. You know, then the damage sadly has been done. Uh, and clearly it, you deserve to go on a subway ride and not feel threatened. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, do you think there's a crime all the way to the White House? Because we know that the FBI has been subpoenaed and a whistleblower, a quote, credible whistleblower is saying that there is evidence. He says that he's aware of a document. It is called an unclassified FD-1023. It's an unclassified document that apparently the FBI possesses that describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. Just what they have been looking into tied to the big bucks coming in to Hunter Biden, who now claims he's broke and can't even pay the baby that DNA tests have proven to be his. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Vito. Line 6. Vito, your thoughts. How are you, Rita? How's everything? Um, as far as this, uh, this uh, document with the president, I would hope that the FBI agent snapped a photo of it to show that this thing is for real. Because I, I wouldn't want them, you know, putting uh, putting this press out there that we want to know about this document. We want to hear about that document because we know the laptop existed, and there was a big conspiracy to, sh- to silence that. Uh, as far as the document itself, if it is real, J.C. and Christine both crushed it when they said it. That man needs to be impeached, and he needs to be locked up. And, and try, tried, and if he's found guilty, locked up. Everyone also that was involved in this conspiracy also needs to be locked up and charged. And I will pay for the blindfolds and the cigarettes myself. <laughs> and the champagne. And, and you, know, you know, the thing is, Vito, I agree they should be locked up. It is a horrible, if it, if it is, it is a treason sort of at the highest levels. Obviously, it saddens me, too, because if our president is compromised, and again, we don't know that, but if, uh, that is a sad day for American justice. And it's a sad day if the FBI and the DOJ were aware and they were sitting on it. And like you said, I do hope this guy or gal took a picture of it or has some sort of backup information, because if it does exist, but yet somehow the FBI just can't find it, surprise, surprise, uh, then we may be in a bit of a quagmire with all of that. Thanks so much, Vito. Let's go to Tony. Line one. Tony, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. This is this is pretty interesting. I would like to see the real document, but my bet is on Senator Grassley, and I think he knows what he's doing, and I'll tell you why. I watched the hearings back in February, and he was one of the people who testified as to the weaponization of the FBI, as to what they did to President Trump, as to Hunter Biden. And so even back then, in front of that hearing, one of the first, he laid out what he had been going through with the FBI since 
2019-ish when he was trying to lay out the Hunter Biden case. Yeah, he was ahead of the, you're right, he was ahead of the trail. And also, Tony, you know, I also said I've known uh, Senator Grassley a long, long time. um, And he's always proven himself to be a credible guy and a guy who doesn't usually just kind of like go for the sake of it. He's usually pretty measured. And he's someone who people I'm really on both sides of the aisle have a lot of respect for. So I agree with you. I don't think he would go on a red herring. Do you? No, I do not. And I also know firsthand that we have seen our country be compromised by things flying over our country from China and everybody else. Who knows who? So I really do think that my gut is that something is going on in this country. We've talked about it before, that things are flying around here, gathering information, So what he is saying is based on, you know, when I put that together with our actual experiences, I think this is going to move forward. I think now that the new um, uh, Congress is in is in force and they Jim Jordan is getting them down to business, there's no playing around as there was when the Democrats were in charge. Yep, I agree, 1,000%. Tony, thank you very much. Let's go real quick to Mike in South Carolina. Mike, your thoughts? Hello, Rita. Well, I think everyone's waiting for this. Uh, I hope the subpoena comes quickly. Joe Biden, uh, delusional, uh, psychologically, you know, uh, messed up. And Hunter, boy, You know, what a tangled web we weave. And guess what, Hunter? I hope they go into your, you know, your your, your files and where's the money? How did you get there? They're a skeevy family. And I hope they go down quickly. You know, Rita? Well, and and by the way, if indeed it's there, um, I hope that it can be clearly proven. And I hope it's not one of those maybe if that, you know, I mean, we have to see exactly what it is. Um, but if it is, uh, I absolutely do think he should be impeached. I think that it needs to be investigated and it needs to be looked into. And to me, it is one of the serious, most serious allegations, I think, of a president uh, that there was some sort of payoff. And I hate to say it, Mike, you know, when you're looking at all the stuff uh, and I say it, I hate to say it because it saddens me for America. I love this country. Um, boy, is it an embarrassment. This is what happens. These kind of like pay-for-play schemes happen all the time in like third-world countries. You know, it's like oh, the president of uh, Nigeria or the president of wherever, you know, took this or did that. Or you hear these allegations all the time. Uh, you don't expect it in America. You expect better of somebody who is sitting the Oval Office, regardless of the party. And But if it turns out that it is true, uh, it needs to be. He needs to be held to account to the fullest, 1,000,000%. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. And when we come back, what do you think of this guy on the subway? This is the Marine who happened to be there who took down this crazy homeless guy who has at least 44 priors in his criminal record. And tonight... The Manhattan District Attorney is investigating the death of the homeless man because it turns out the medical examiner says he died from a homicide compression of the neck because the Marine put him in a chokehold. Your thoughts, should there be charges? I say he was still trying to take the guy down and succumb him, but not obviously kill him, but just contain him so he wouldn't harass other passengers. Your thoughts, guys, one 800 848 9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
question tonight is, is the Marine a hero, a good Samaritan, or is he a killer? Uh, it is a very, very serious story. And that is because tonight, uh, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, the guy, of course, who went after President Trump, and he's also the guy, remember, who put the bodega guy, Jose Alba, originally behind Rikers, charging him also with a death. And then there was so much public pressure that he finally had to release him. Turned out he was clearly defending himself when the thug jumped behind the counter, tried to basically attack him, and he felt clearly threatened. He was blocked in, and he was able to get away by attacking the guy back. Uh, and yet, in that particular case, remember, Alvin Bragg charged Jose Alba. It wasn't until the public outcry that Jose Alba got out. And now, tonight, we are waiting to see what's going to happen with Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. In the case of what many people say is a hero who took down a guy who was mentally disturbed and screaming and threatening passengers on an F train in the middle of the day in New York City. Uh, this guy with many priors, 44 at least prior arrests, uh, and a history of mental illness, was shouting at passengers screaming, uh, threatening them, throwing garbage at them, doing a whole bunch of stuff. And then this Marine came, you see it in the video, comes and takes him down, holds him down, puts him in a chokehold. Other passengers, by the way, one of them was holding down the guy's arms, also pinning down his shoulders. The Marine had him in a chokehold. And passengers were saying that they did not think that the guy, the homeless guy, was in danger of dying. They were hailing the Marine, saying, what a great job that he saved us, that who knows what the guy was going to do next. He was screaming and threatening us and saying all these other things. Some people also say that he came out and said that he was thirsty, that he was hungry. He was shouting, saying all these things. I feel bad for the guy, clearly. It's very sad that indeed he passed away. But is the Marine now on the verge of maybe being charged? The reality is yes, uh, for a number of reasons. Now the medical examiner has determined the guy died as a result of a homicide, compression of the neck. In other words, the chokehold played obviously a pivotal role in the guy's death. And also it is Alvin Bragg. And because of that combination, this could be a very tricky road for this Marine. Obviously, I would think he'd be able to get a lot of the people on the subway train to come in and say, hey, I was there and he helped us and he maybe even saved us big time because it is a scary situation being on a New York City subway. What are your thoughts, everybody? When we come back, we're going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, honoring the military and their families, a beautiful story coming from Cicero, Illinois, where the deputy superintendent there, Frank Diaz, was recognized by the U.S. Employer Support of the Guard and Reserve, which is an all-volunteer office of the Defense Department, for his service in the U.S. military reserves as well. He's a member of the Cicero Police Department. Now, officials say that he was receiving the Patriot Award 
for being an excellent leader and excellent support of men and women in our department who serve in the armed forces. And by the way, over 50 percent of the U.S. military is comprised of guard and reserve members. And in receiving the award, uh, Frank Diaz said he thanked everybody in the community. I want to commend you, most importantly, for your continued support of the police department and the men and women of the United States military. And how great that he is somebody who obviously is in the military, but also is out there every single day protecting communities as well in law enforcement. So bravo to the Cicero Police Department there in Illinois, and also, of course, to all of our great men and women in the military. Well, speaking of military, it was a 24-year-old Marine who took down this guy, 30-year-old Jordan Neely. Uh, This is the guy on the subway. It was a busy train in the middle of the day, an F train, um, 2.30 in the afternoon, And people were going back and forth, and suddenly this homeless guy comes on, and he is ranting and raving, threw garbage at passengers, and threatened him, according to multiple passengers who were on the train. Um, And at one point, this Marine comes behind him and takes him down, puts him in a chokehold. Another passenger also helps, holds Neely down with his arms, because he was still fighting him off. Um, even after the Marine took him down, he was still fighting. I don't know if there was any drugs in his system, but he seemed like he was sort of, you know, a tur- you know, uh, charged up, if you will. Also, somebody else was pinning down his shoulders. And uh, this is the Marine, the 24-year-old, holds him in a tight chokehold, and the guy is still fighting. And at one point, it looks like he sort of passed out. Passengers on the train, there's one passenger in particular, Juan Alberto Vasquez, He told the New York Post tonight that while Neely was screaming aggressively, he um, he also believes that at one point after the chokehold, he was also saying that um, he thought he wasn't going to die. He just said we thought he had just passed out, quote, or ran out of air. Um, By the way, also at one point, Neely, he says, was complaining about being thirsty and hungry. So it's unclear if he was sort of threatening them, saying, I want food, I want this, I want that. Um, And even according to this guy, who seemed somewhat sympathetic a little bit, if you will, to the homeless guy, as people, everybody is when you see somebody who's, uh, you know, down and out and indigent. Um, But also, you can't have passengers on the train feeling threatened and scared and food thrown at them, garbage thrown at them, threatening them, throwing things literally at them. And this guy still said, quote, we thought he just passed out or ran out of air. Uh, None of us thought that he was in danger of dying. So the question is, it doesn't look like either did this guy, the Marine, it looks like he was just holding him down. Uh, They also, by the way, um, after he lost consciousness, EMTs arrived on the scene to revive the guy, the homeless guy. He was taken to the hospital and declared dead soon after. And again, in the last few minutes, we're getting word again from the homicide uh, from the examiner's office, chief medical examiner of New York, Uh, that the death has now been deemed a homicide and that Neely, the guy with the mental history, and by the way, 44 priors, so this is no choir boy, uh, that he died from, quote, compression of the neck. So they are undoubtedly going to try to blame, of course, the fact the guy died on the chokehold. The question is, do you think Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg should be charging this guy with anything, the Marine? 
Um, again, I really feel sad for these people who have mental illness. Um, I think it's terrible. I think they need to be taken care of. They need to also get off the streets because it's very dangerous. You can't have people afraid to walk down the streets of New York. You can't have people afraid to get onto a subway. Um, it's very scary when somebody comes onto the subway and even if they don't have a weapon per se, if somebody's throwing something at you and threatening you, that is a scary situation. And a lot of people are saying this guy's a hero. I think he's a hero for taking him down. And it doesn't sound to me like he ever intended, even by bystanders, to, you know, point of view at this point, to kill the guy. It sounds like he was just trying to hold him and the guy was still fighting him off. Um, I'd be curious to know, did he have drugs in the system? Was there something else that precipitated the way he was acting? Is it all just mental illness? Was he off his meds? I mean, there's a million questions. What was he saying? What did he throw? Uh, again, sometimes somebody who's just unstable, uh, they say something, and the next thing you know, they lunge at you or, or hit you. Uh, and they, he could kill somebody on the train. So were you supposed to wait until he got to the next step? Because it sounds like he was getting more and more aggressive. And again, I don't think there's anybody so far that I've heard that has said that this guy intended to kill him. He just intended to stop him from harassing other passengers. So what are your thoughts, everybody? Do you think, first off, he should be charged? And do you think he will be charged? I don't think he should be charged. But do I think he may be charged? Because it's Alvin Bragg, who I brought up, the Jose Alba case. Uh, I think there's a good chance Alvin Bragg will try to throw the book at him. And again, uh, even though I don't believe race was a factor, because if I see a homeless person shouting and screaming, there's a lot of people. It doesn't really matter, uh, you know, what color they are. They are a threat if somebody is screaming and shouting. But there are protests tonight from people that have been holding a vigil for the homeless guy. People protesting. They were protesting at the Broadway Lafayette subway station. And demonstrators were saying blank Eric Adams at the platform, angry at Eric Adams, uh, that so far he has not called for charges against this guy. So what are your thoughts? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. Line two. Norm, your thoughts. Uh, My thoughts are I agree with him about the blanking Eric Adams, but for different reasons. Um, I take the subway every day, Rita. Uh, it's a rolling underground house of horror. And uh, do I think that this young man should be charged? No, I don't think he should be. Do I think he will be? Yes, of course. I think, of course he will be. Uh, everything everything goes, against, goes against good people here in New York City. So, um, you know, yeah, Norm, you know, Norm, I agree with you. I don't think he should be. Um, it'd be different if he said, oh, I'm going to kill this guy. And I'm, you know, and I mean, we haven't heard that, you know. Um, right. And, and second of all, be to your uh, your part about will he be? I actually think I do think I think that Alvin Bragg is going to somehow go after this guy and say that it was, you know, maybe manslaughter or something like that right. or second degree. Who knows what? Um, but I, I just I I have no faith in Alvin Bragg. He has been such a dismal disaster mm-hmm. and he's been so political and yeah. the fact the way he handled Jose Alba, I mean, it's just, it, it is unbelievable. Right. You know, so, those, so based on that yeah. norm. For those of your listeners who don't live in New York City and don't take the subways, 
they have degraded quite a bit over the last four years. Um, degraded, degraded. You brought up the, the hellhole. It is scary as heck on the subway. Norm, I was on the subway. Yes. I'll tell you, like a couple of months ago, I was like, I, I think I said every Hail Mary, every prayer, I, you know, that I can think of. Yes. And I was like, oh, good. I got off unscathed. I mean, that is so it is so scary. And and I'm also going to say another thing as a woman, you sit on the subway and you got some guy who's homeless, screaming, shouting, throwing garbage at you, threatening you. Right. Um, it, it is a really uh, a scary situation for guys and gals, because if somebody's erratic, yeah. you know, just because they have a mental illness, it doesn't excuse them terrorizing other people and harming and potentially killing other people. Yes, I I sit close to the exit all the time. So that when the crazy person, it's kind of built into my ride. When the crazy person gets on, uh, inevitably uh, starts screaming, yelling, whatever, I just jump up and I go to the next car. And that's that's it. I mean, I'm just, you know, and I and I, you know, I do carry mace and uh, sometimes I carry a shank. So the thing is, is, uh, yeah, it's it's really gotten very bad, the subways. And I thank God when I get off of it that I survived. And that's the climate, too. I think, it's you know, Norm, I'm glad you're painting the picture because it is scary as hell on the subway. And it doesn't matter what yeah. time of day. Um, and police can't be everywhere. They clearly were not at no. the scene of this. Um, but you know what? I, that's why when I first heard the story, I I said, you know, bravo to this guy for taking the guy down. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's sad that the guy passed away. You don't want to wish it on anybody, clearly. Um, but, you know, it's not like the guy was, like, out to get him. He was trying to stop others. And who's to say what the guy might have done next? These people are crazy. They snap. Um, and it is it is a very dangerous situation on the subway. And, yes. and that's the climate that people also go into, Norm. You know, when they get on the subway, uh, they're sitting there and, like, looking around and scared. There's uh, these crazy people. And there have sadly been all these crazy stories, not just, obviously, in New York, but all around the country of these crazy people who just snapped. Uh, I think of the horrible case, even in Los Angeles, the guy who walked into the gross, the uh, furniture store where the young woman was walk, working, stabbed her to death. He had a history of mental illness illness tons of priors like this guy how about the other guy who had a history of mental illness priors who went and stabbed that worker the ems worker remember uh in new york that was just a few months ago i mean you don't know if suddenly in the instant somebody who's already saying these things and doing things and throwing things at people could snap you know you don't have time to sit there and say um what's going on with you sir how are you can i help you I mean, that that just doesn't work. And, and that's a really sad thing. And when you're in a subway and the doors are closed, you got nowhere to go. So that is that's that's the climate, too, that I think, you know, I think it's going to be a very hard case. If he goes after this guy and charges him, shame on you, Alvin Bragg. Let's go to Pete, New Hampshire. Pete, your thoughts. I love you, Rita. Thank let you. Me speak, let me speak freely as a Vietnam vet. Number one. Number two, no interruptions. Three. Here we go. Pete, you're speaking to me like a drill sergeant. <laughs> you don't know when I can start. I'm a gunny. I'm gunny. All right. A gunny. A gunny. I love you. Go ahead. Here we go. Ready? Ready. We're ready. Number one, he'll be tried. Number two, he'll be convicted. Yes, he will. But, and hear me out, Rita, very quickly. I'm going to run through it quick so you can go on with your other callers. Next. Uh, he'll never get a fair trial because because he lives in the uh, 
the uh, the, the uh, criminal underworld. In other words, Alvin Bragg, he lives in Ragland, and these people are going to try this guy, and they're going to burn him. Okay? The other thing is, and okay, Rita, and here's the plus side of this thing. It's time if the governor, who is, is a moron, Kathy Hochul, if she only had a brain, she would decide to take the old Utica Nuthouse Hospital out in Utica, New York, and clean it all up and start taking these people out, extracting them from New York City when they commit an occasion, an, an incident, take them the hell out of there, ship them to Utica, put them in the, in, the, in the place where they can go and dry the hell out. Okay? Are you done, Gunny? Are you done? No, I got one more thing. <laughs> go ahead. By, by the way, by the way, Pete, Pete, because you're a Vietnam veteran, I love you. Go ahead. I understand that guy's head, the Marine. Okay, he's programmed. It, Rita, I'm seven, going on seventy-two years old. I still wake up at two or three o'clock in the morning to go to the head. And guess what? I wake up in a cold, hard sweat. Even after forty, fifty years, I still wake up with that in my mind. I still go to my places. You follow me, Rita? You know, I hear what you're saying, and I think, and I think that that's part of it. But I think in this case also, Pete, um, and I and I I hear because when they see that, and also, you know, the thing is too, Pete, and you know this well, and I want to hear your thoughts. Um, obviously, there, there's that mindset. But there's also this mindset, I think, of people who go into the military. They go into it because they want to defend the country, and they go into that mindset that they want to defend others. And they sit there, and and I'm thinking in this Marine's mind, he's sitting there watching this guy, the guy who knows what he's about to do next. He's throwing, he's screaming. You want to defend. You have this sense of, I know I have training, and I can can fix this. Um, I I can take this guy down because who knows what's going to happen next. It's that mindset of, you know, of wanting to do, uh, to protect. Um, what would you have done, Pete, by the way, if you were on the train? What would you have done? I would have handed that guy flowers. <laughs> I, By the way, I don't think you would have either, Pete. And, Pete, uh, we love you, and we appreciate your service. You're, you're, it's always such a great thing to hear from you, and uh, always wonderful to get your perspective. Thank you so much, Pete. Everybody, we're going to continue with your calls. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. I agree with Pete. I think you got to take somebody down if you can. Obviously, I don't think the guy intended to kill him, and I sadly do think that he will face charges. And I think Alvin Bragg uh, just will not give any sort of sympathy to this guy who was on a train trying to stop this guy. Uh, from attacking others and threatening others. I think it's a scary situation. It's a scary climate. I feel bad for the guy. He's got mental illness, but it doesn't give him a right to assault and attack others on the train. Your thoughts, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. So is the Marine a hero or a villain for taking the crazy guy out on the train? And as it turns out, now they are ruling the death a homicide from compression of the neck. Remember, the Marine held him in the chokehold. Let's go to Brad in Arkansas. Brad, your thoughts? Well, if the guy has 44 arrests, he shouldn't be out of jail to start with. 
but they ought to give the Marine a medal for taking care of everybody around him. Wow, well, that that's pretty powerfully put, Brad. Thank you very much. And by the way, you hit a great point. What was he doing out on the streets with 44 charges? Uh, welcome to Alvin Bragg's New York, sadly, and welcome to what happens in Chicago and San Francisco and L.A. Uh, it is this revolving door of justice, uh, which is just horrible, what's happening to big cities. Brad, thank you very much. Uh, let's go to Russ, line five. Russ, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, you know, arrests are not convictions. You know that, right? Yeah, I and, do know that. Do you? Okay, and, and disorderly conduct and fair evasion, they're violations like reckless driving and speeding tickets. Okay, and I want to know, do you know if the Marine had priors or what his blood alcohol level was? Or did he have PTSD? Would he have a history of road rage? Did he take steroids? We'll never know because the police didn't arrest him. Do you know why? Although, you although hang on a second, Russ. Hold on. You threw out a lot of questions there. I actually think a lot of those things, if he does get charged, will come into play. If there is a trial, they'll go into, uh, does he have a history? Does he have it? They'll certainly know if there's any priors on this guy. Uh, what do you think? Uh, let, let me just cut to the chase. Uh, what do you think? Do you think he should be charged? Your thoughts? Uh, I think if the man is smart, he'll cop a plea for five years and serve three. And I want to ask you... Five years for protecting the subway. Five years for protecting people on the subway. You're kidding me, right? I'm not kidding you at all, okay? I don't know what his prior... I don't know if he was in a road rage. Do you know the concept of deadly force only used when faced with deadly force? It's a legal concept. And you think Jose Alba... Yeah, I do. What, you think Jose Alba was a terrible guy? Okay, Jose Alba, I saw him pushed into a chair, and he was being led out from his boot to apologize to a 10-year-old girl for snatching a bag of trips, chips. Do you think plunging an 8-inch chicken, a t- kitchen knife five times into his chest, neck, and heart was appropriate? Wow, Russ. You got, really, you got a lot of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Let me tell you. If you look at the video, uh, it was so apparent... That ultimately, Alvin Bragg actually dropped charges. Because believe me, if he could have found one inch of verification to justify keeping the charges, he would have. Um, but in the videotape, it's a huge guy who hops around the counter. You think it's okay for someone to hop around the car and tell, push the guy down and start basically beating up on him. And guess what? The other person who was on the other side, the mother, I think, of that little girl, was starting to stab Jose Alba. So all of that's okay. And he's supposed to just say, please, could I have another? Is that what you're saying? Are you kidding me? Russ, Russ, let me just ask you. You were working. Say you're working in the store, okay? And and suddenly somebody hops around the counter who's a lot bigger than you, who's pushing you, and his girlfriend is stabbing you. You're supposed to say, could you keep going? And right before I'm about to die, then at that moment, I have the right to defend myself. That is not the law, Russ, and you know better. Go ahead. Okay, the wife pulled out the little pen knife. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, can I oh, finish? Yeah, you know what, Russ? You know what, can Russ? No, okay. I, you know what I just found out? You left out the fact you even knew she had a pen knife. I was waiting to see if you knew it, and okay. you did, but you yeah. left it out, Russ. What a convenient fact you left out. Go ahead. She only pulled it out after he was stabbed five times. And you know what else? I know it's not true because they used to say it was a robbery. And when you have to tell lies to convince people, you know you're wrong. Well, Rita. you know what? You know what? Clearly, Jose Alba uh, feels like justice was definitely not served in New York. Things were so bad. And that Alvin Bragg even 
anybody with half a brain, Alvin Bragg even was forced to drop the charges. Believe me, if he could have found anything, he would have. But, but Russ, I still feel sad about anybody passing away, even somebody who has a criminal record, even someone who's attacking others. But sorry, people just can't get assaulted and say, okay, I'm just going to stand back and just take it. Uh, In your world, uh, that is a fantasy land, and that is not real life. Real quick, Gracie, five seconds, Gracie, your thoughts, real quick. My, my, uh, Al, uh, in this city, obviously they're going to try him and punish him. How sad is that? But you think he should get off, but in New York, he won't. How sad. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.